0: All right, well, open your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, and I'll read the same verses that I read uh, last week, we'll look at these verses again. So Isaiah chapter, actually, I'll start in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21. They will pass through the land hard-pressed and famished. And it will turn out when they are hungry, they will be enraged and curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they will look down to the earth and behold distress, darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. But there will be no more gloom for who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he will make it glorious by way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulder and the rod of their oppressor. As at the battle of Midian, for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, There will be no end of the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish it. The uh, name of this series is the light of Christmas. And I've chosen this passage for this series about a, a land in darkness and suddenly a light shines upon the land light coming from christmas from the birth of a of a child of uh, the son who this passage uh, uh, talks about and uh, just as it's fitting that we celebrate the birth of christ with light all kinds of christmas lights uh this time of year so also it's fitting that we celebrate the birth of christ at the darkest time of the year. And we don't know that Christ was born on December 25th. We don't know that that was his birthday, but we uh, we choose to celebrate his birth um, at the darkest time of the year when there there's uh, the least amount of daylight uh, in the day. We said last week it's because the light of Christ shines in the darkest place. And so perhaps uh, this season uh, you feel as if you were also in darkness in some way, and perhaps you are, and you need hope, and if so, this Christmas message is, uh, for you. It's also true, this time of the year, winter, is uh, a time in which we sometimes have a, a snowfall, like we had this week, and, uh, it was beautiful, kinda short, short-lived, um, but uh, I got to spend some, out- some time outside in the snow, um, even in the forest. And um, the snow causes the light to be seen in unique ways. In fact, some of that was even lingering this morning uh, uh, as I drove to uh, church. And so uh, this message is about the name of the light, the name of the light. We we went through this passage um, last time from start to finish, but I just want to zero in on one part on this Christmas day, and that's his name. His name, that's in uh, verse uh, six. And uh, the name of the light, it doesn't mean that his brothers and sisters called him by these names uh, as they were growing up. Where's the Prince of Peace? Or where's the Everlasting Father? I haven't seen him uh, around. No, it's it says his name will be called this. It means the character of Christ. It's characterized by these names that uh, are, are given. And so uh, the light that would shine in the darkest place, the child who would become like a light bursting onto the land of Israel, especially in the region of Zebulun uh, and Naphtali, uh, and would be like a light bursting in on the darkest part of your soul as well, and in your darkest hour, that child would shine like a light because he has this for his character. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. That's the character. That's the name of the light that shines in the darkness. So let's go through these uh, names together this morning. And the good news is that the child in the manger born for you on Christmas Day is a wonderful counselor, is a wonderful counselor. Um, two parts uh, to this name. First is the word Wonderful, wonderful, and um, it's a it's an important word in Scripture. It shows up in and uh, throughout uh, the Old Testament. It shows up a lot in uh, the Psalms, and it means something very specific. It means something that transcends human imagination, something that can't be imagined by a human being. And so there's a special word for it, and it's this word, uh, wonderful. In the Old Testament, when God led the children of Israel into a blind alley. Um, after they left Egypt, and the wilderness shut them in on all sides, and then the Lord opened a way of escape for them through the Red Sea, and He drowned their enemies in uh, the same sea. That was called a wonder, something that transcends human imagination. Nobody could have imagined the Lord doing that, and no one did imagine it before uh, he did it so uh, this one this one who is born is a wonderful counselor. It's a wonderful counselor and usually counsel in scripture refers to knowing how to defeat the enemy, knowing how to defeat the enemy. He's a wonderful counselor. He knows how to defeat the enemy in uh, a way that transcends human imagination, in a way that human beings never uh, could have thought of. That's what this child uh, is. In the old story of the fall of Troy, not in the Bible, uh, it's a legend, but uh, the, the strongest warrior... Achilles was not the one who brought the city down, but rather it was Odysseus, the man of many wiles who won the victory with his ruse of a wooden horse. And uh, the scriptures agree, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. That's Proverbs chapter 21, verse uh, 22. On the night when Christ was born and Mary pondered what the shepherds had told her, even perhaps about the light. Bursting in on them in the dark of the night and what the angels had said about the child and pondered the scriptures that she knew, perhaps even this one about her child and treasured them up in her heart. She might have thought that hidden in this little child is a military victory for Israel which will cause light to break out in a part of the land that first fell under the dominion of Gentile oppressors. And that's what's mentioned earlier in this passage, the land of Naphtali and the uh, land of uh, Zebulun and uh, Galilee of uh, the Gentiles. But her child would win a victory. And he's gonna do this when he comes again. He's gonna win a victory for the land of Israel in such a way that's gonna not just win the victory there, but it's gonna bring peace to the whole earth because wars to cease. It's going to repeal the curse and it's going to restore blessing to uh the whole uh world. Uh it wouldn't take a wonderful counselor to just knock down a, an enemy army like the Assyrians of uh Isaiah Isaiah's time and to just knock them down like a bunch of bowling pins and then rule in uh their place. Maybe a great military strategist could manage that like uh Hannibal or Alexander the Great, uh, learn a way to uh, score a great victory for Israel. But to win a great military victory for Israel over enemies in such a way that brings peace to the whole world and repeals the curse and restores blessing to the whole world and ends war and sets all creation free from its bondage to humility, that takes a wonderful counselor. Not just just a great military strategist, but one that transcends human imagination. A wonderful counselor. And in the same way, it takes a wonderful counselor to cause you to be forgiven of your sins. And then to cause you to conquer those same sins in such a way that glorifies God as he conforms you to his image. And his counsel for you, his wonderful counsel, his counsel that uh, transcends imagination for you is this. And it is it is a, a counsel that no one could have ever thought of. No one could have ever imagined, and Scripture talks about it in that way. But his wonderful counsel for you is to despair of leaning on your own righteousness and your own wisdom and your own strength. In fact, it's opposite of all the counsel that the world imagines. The world only imagines counsel that tells you how to lean on your own righteousness, your own wisdom, and your own strength. But his wonderful counsel for you is to despair of leaning on your own righteousness, your own wisdom, your own strength, and to lean on his Instead, because his righteousness is for the ungodly. In fact, it's only for the ungodly. It's only for those who know themselves to be ungodly. His wisdom is for the the simple, and his strength is for the weak. To cause you who know that Christ is born for you, who believe that Christ is born for you, to say, "I venture great things for God, not because of my wisdom, not because of my strength, not because of my righteousness." Uh, but because a wonderful counselor has been born for me. And so that's why I venture great things for God, like being a good neighbor or a good husband or a good wife uh, or uh, conquering the sin that so easily uh, besets me or standing for truth and for the gospel in my own uh, time. And I venture these things, uh, not because I'm a great person, not because I'm a, a, a righteous and wise and strong person, but because a wonderful counselor has been born for me. And he's been born on Christmas Day. And there's no other way that uh, those things could be uh, uh, ventured. In God's wisdom, his counsel, the wonderful counselor that comes from this child's character, uh, that transcends, it, it transcends imagination, not because it's so high, it's so hard to reach up to but because it's so low, where man couldn't imagine it ever would be. It comes from admitting that you have no righteousness of your own, no wisdom of your own, no strength of your own and leaning only upon uh, his. And the sign that his counsel is all true, even though it's wonderful, even though it's a kind that no one could ever imagine, it transcends uh, imagination. The sign his counsel is all true is that he died on the cross. Uh, so that, and he died on the cross because of your righteousness, because of your wisdom, because of your strength. That's what your righteousness, wisdom, and strength deserve. He died in your place. Uh, and that's what they deserve before God is only God's wrath upon it. And then he rose again from the dead to give you his righteousness, to give you his wisdom, and to give you his uh, strength. Well, there's more good news about the name and the character of the light that shines in the darkest place, which is the child in the manger born for you on Christmas day. Not only is his name and his character wonderful counselor, but his name and his character is mighty God, mighty God. Now how can it be that a child, a human being, would be called God. And yet, that's what he's called here. He's called, even even uh, in scriptures that tell of a God that's jealous for his own glory, it speaks of a child being born whose name is going to be not only Wonderful Counselor, but also Mighty God. And uh, it's so jarring, it's so shocking that that should be his name, that there's some who've made some kind of feeble attempts to explain this name away to something else with language. So they say, well, maybe... God, which is a noun, should be understood as an adjective, godlike. And maybe the adjective mighty uh should be understood as a noun, a mighty one. And so maybe his name instead of mighty god is sort of something like a godlike uh mighty one. But uh the more that's pressed, the more the shoe doesn't fit. And in fact even in um Jewish translations when this is translated it's translated just as it is. It can be no other way. It's Mighty God, it's it's the same that's mentioned in uh, chapter ten and verse twenty one to speak of God Himself, of uh, Isaiah. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob to the Mighty God, and it's a name of God, but it's the name of this child uh, as well, because uh, he, this child is mysteriously is God, uh, is God Himself. Well, how can it be that this child is given that name? unless he is God, and that's uh, what he is. He's God, he's mighty God. This child is God in all of his might. That's what's uh, emphasized by this name. And so it's the same power of God that called the world into existence with his voice that reigns over all of the affairs of men, that holds the stars uh, in his hands in their courses because he is a mighty God, that knows every sparrow that falls to the ground and rules uh, providentially over every detail of the world. That's this child that was born to Mary, that was born on Christmas Day. He was born as a a wonderful counselor. He was born as a mighty God. It's uh, a wonder in itself, to say the least, that this child is fully man and also fully God. He's truly man in every sense of what it means to be man And he's truly God in every sense of what it means to be God at the same time. And we can't, we can't, we can't grasp that because it's a wonder. But the greater wonder is this, that God himself in all of his might was born as a child for you, for you. It's a, it's a wonder he was born as a child at all. But a greater wonder that he was born as a child for you. And yet that's what it says. A child has been born to us. And this promise is yours. If you uh, believe it, a child will be born uh, to us. A son will be given to us. And his name will be called mighty God. God in all his might born as a child uh, for you. Someday you will stand before God's judgment seat. Scripture says that every person will stand before God's judgment seat and stand alone. And just like you are before a human judgment seat, um, your heart's in your mouth, you know, your, your, uh, your, uh, um, it's a place where you're exposed, uh, before uh, the judgment seat, uh, you're called before, uh, an authority. And yet when you're called before God's judgment seat, you're going to look up at God, the judge, and you're going to see one who's clothed in human flesh, just like yours. And you say, why is the judge, God himself clothed in Human flesh, and then the answer is going to come, and it's going to uh, be in your mind because it's there already by faith. Well, he's in human flesh because that's what it took for him to take your sin and to take your weakness and to give you his righteousness and to give you his strength. And so, the judge is your friend, the judge is your brother, the judge is uh, Christ Himself, and you're going to rest assured uh, because of that because you have a substitute in uh, your place. Well, it's already true that at the right hand of the Father, there's someone clothed in human flesh in fact he's not just clothed in human flesh he's a human being through and through and that you belong to him and he belongs to you if you're believing in him if you're believing in and trusting in the lord jesus christ so that now when god says i am god and there is no other or when god says to his son this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased it's the same as him saying for you all my strength is for you all the strength of mighty god is for you. All the battles that you're fighting are mine, and they must be won. They must be won t- together, because they're going to be won in my uh, strength. And so, uh, the Lord, in causing His Son to be born as a man for you, and yet as also mighty God, is—it's as if He's staked all of His deity on uh, winning every battle and having His strength uh, be yours and available uh, to you. Well, the name and character of the light uh, that shines in the darkest place, the child born in a manger on Christmas Day, is Wonderful Counselor, that's his character, Mighty God. And then a third name, it also speaks of his deity, Everlasting Father, Everlasting Father, or another way of, of uh, saying it, maybe a more literal way of saying this name, Father of Eternity or Father of Time. It's the same uh, as the word for uh, eternity. Now, uh, the second person of the Trinity, the triune God, God the Son, was born as a child and became a man, born as this child uh, on Christmas Day. And it was the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, not the first person of the Trinity, God the Father, who was born in that way. And so I think perhaps to avoid confusing us for that reason, Scripture not very often calls Jesus uh, Father, in any sense. Doesn't give him the title for that. It's probably to avoid confusion, uh, for us. But there are a few places where the Lord Jesus is called Father or referred to as a father, like Hebrews chapter two, verse thirteen, where the Lord Jesus is quoted saying, Behold, I am the children that God has given me. And uh that is uh refers to us who are his uh his disciples and uh his uh people. But this is one of the places where um the lord jesus it's called the father in some uh sense and it speaks of his relationship to eternity or uh probably better speaks of his relationship to time he is the father of time he is the word through which god created all things in fact that's spoken of in john uh chapter 1 in reference to time and to the beginning of time uh, itself in the beginning The very beginning of time was the word. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And so in the same way that Satan is the father of lies, he's the father of lies. He's the originator of falsehood and untruth, and uh, the father of lies uh, in that sense. In that same sense, this child is called the father of time. Time itself exists because of this child, uh, because he is uh, God himself. And what does that mean for us, especially in light of him being a wonderful counselor born for us and a mighty God born for us that he's also father of eternity, father of time? It means that all of his victories for us and with us and through us are eternal. They're permanent. They last forever. They can never be uh, taken away because this one born for us to be a wonderful counselor by which we conquer the enemy, a mighty God by which light will shine in the darkness is also the father of uh, eternity. Is that how you see all the battles that you're fighting? For truth, for righteousness, for love in your own soul and in the world around you that every setback contains its own reversal, but every hard-fought victory remains and lasts forever because the one who's winning those victories through you is a uh, father of eternity, father of time. If you've lost sight of that, then you need to be reminded that the child in the manger born for you on Christmas day is father of eternity. Every victory he wins uh, with you is for all eternity and lasts uh, forever. And then the final name that speaks of his character. It's kind of the culmination of all of the others. It's the result of all of uh, the victories uh, that this child wins uh, for us is Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And he's a light shining in the dark place with this result that he is the Prince of Peace. He's the leader who with all of his victories brings about peace. He will bring about peace in the whole world. He's in the process of doing that. Right now, as, as his plan, as his victory unfolds, it unfolds uh, now through the victory of the church in the world and preaching the gospel and being a light to the world. And then when uh, Christ uh, returns, he will show himself to be Prince of Peace by bringing an end to all war, bringing an end uh, to all strife and uh, restoring peace, wholeness to the world itself. But uh, he brings it now to your soul. He brings uh, peace to your soul. He is the prince of peace in his character. That's the character of the light that shines uh, in the darkness. The uh, s- peace in the biblical sense, the Hebrew sense of uh, peace is a little bit broader than our word for peace. And so we can use peace peace just in the sense of a cessation of hostilities. If two armies are fighting and they both decide to stop fighting then we say well there's peace even if they maybe still hate each other and uh, are just on the verge of war breaking out again. We call that peace. No he's not the prince of truce. A temporary truce. He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace and and that refers to a a wholeness of the peace that uh, he brings. One commentator put it like this and I I liked it. how he brought out uh, the full meaning of this word for peace, this word shalom uh, in Hebrew. He says, uh, peace is well-being and freedom from anxiety. In relationships, it is goodwill and harmony. It is the opposite of war. So it's not just war going away, but it's it's actually the opposite of uh, war itself. In relationships, it's goodwill and harmony, the opposite of war. Towards God, it is the full realization of His favor, peace with God. So it's peace in every sense that he brings and as a result of all of his victories, as it says in verse 7, there will be no end in, in to the increase of his government or of peace. And so the victory that he brings, it's, it's permanent. The victories that come uh, can never be set back. The increase of his government and of his peace, of his well-being, it is permanent. And because he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. So how do you perceive your journey, your battle against the forces of darkness, your progression, your uh, growth into the image of Christ? With discouragement? With despair? With a sense of encroaching uh, darkness? Well, the good news for you is that the child in the manger born for you on Christmas Day is the Prince of Peace. And he says um, to you, about uh, this peace, John uh, 14 and verse uh, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And again, uh, he says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. He's the Prince of Peace. That's the character of the light that shines uh, in the darkest place. Maybe uh, later today, maybe later today, um, you will open a perfect gift. In fact, maybe some of the kids are waiting to open a gift uh, today and hoping for a perfect uh, gift. A perfect gift would be uh, a surprise, It'd be something you like, but maybe something that you'd never get for yourself. Be something that shows the person who gave it to you loves you and knows you, knows what would please you uh, as a gift. And uh, maybe for others of you, it will be even more fun to give someone a perfect gift. And that's what you're hoping for. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 and verse uh, 35. But you've already been given a perfect gift this Christmas. You've been given this child as a perfect gift and he's exactly what you need he is wonderful counselor he's mighty god he's eternal father and he's prince of peace and he's not just these things for himself but he's all of these things on your behalf he's wonderful counselor for you mighty god for you eternal father for you prince of peace for you because that's what it says a child is born to us and a son is given for us and that's the word that's used a child is born to us a son will be given to us. If you don't understand that this one with this character is a gift, he's given uh, for you. If you don't understand that he's a gift, given freely, he's not earned. It's not a son that you've earned. It's a son who's given freely to you. If you don't understand that he's given, it's not a detail. It means that you don't belong to him. That's the only way that this light shines in the darkness is as a gift. Otherwise, he would be the light that shines in the light and makes it even brighter. No, he's the light that shines in the darkness. And he's only yours if he's given to you. He's yours in no other way. Your reluctance to receive him as a gift, your desire to receive him as something other than a gift, as something earned, as something that maybe you deserve in some uh, way. The Bible speaks of as the most fortified stronghold against all rebellion uh, against God. And yet it's also the first that must be overcome of your rebellion uh, against God for you to know God is to receive him as a gift, to receive this child as a gift, who's wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. And it changes everything. It makes you a giver too, uh, rather than one who exists to take. So the message this Christmas God gives himself to you in Christ. He gives the one who is a mighty God and uh, he is yours and you are his in Christ. And God gives himself to you in the gospel of Christ, in the good news of Christ. The good news, the glad tidings of Christ and his birth of the light that shines in the darkness is given in order that you might submit to it by believing that it is yours. And so let me uh, conclude by uh, reading you the glad tidings, just as the angel angel spoke them on the first Christmas day. And let me speak them for you this day as well. The angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Dear father, we thank you that there is a savior who's born for us. And we thank you that he is the perfect savior for us. He is mighty God. He is wonderful counselor. He is Prince of peace and he is father of eternity. Father, we needed a savior who is just like him. And so we pray that you would uh, teach us to abide in Christ. We pray that if there's any here uh, this morning who don't know Christ uh, as their savior, we pray that your Holy Spirit would work in their heart and cause them to uh believe in Christ, cause them to desire Christ, cause them not to have any rest until they rest in Christ uh Himself and experience the blessing, the joy, the peace uh that He brings. We thank you that Christ conquers every enemy in a wonderful way, and that when He's born for us, He conquers our sin, uh, our guilt our sorrow, our pain, and our greatest enemy who is Satan himself. All this is ours because Christ is ours. And so we give thanks and we worship you because Christ has been born for us. It's in his name that we pray, amen.